Welcome to Imperfection in Training. I'm Priyanka. I'm Maddie. And we're just two 20-somethings somewhere out in the world asking, what is art? What is life? What is the, the universe? universe? Hey everyone, and welcome back to Imperfection in Training. Today we are going to be talking about the idea that true self-care is creating a life that you don't have to escape from. I don't actually remember where this quote is from, so maybe Priyanka can enlighten us, but it's definitely something that we have spoken about a lot with each other over the years, um, but especially recently, and yeah, we thought it would be really interesting to delve into today. Yeah, for sure. R.E. where the quote is from, Maddie once sent it to me. I assumed you got it from a Tumblr post. Um... I don't, I know I get pictures that look like what you sent me from Tumblr. I don't quite know where you got it from, but you sent it to me as a picture. Um, cool. It was probably about a year Tumblr. Ago. That's, that's, that's my thought, too. It looked very Tumblr. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but, but, but I sent it to my father, who is decidedly not a Tumblr person, and he also agreed. So there you go. Um, not exciting. that that therefore makes it more or less real, but um, as you will get to know me, you will know that people who are important to me their opinions make a big difference to my life and my father agreeing with me is good um because we don't <laughs> have to do that <laughs> as most kids do with their parents anywho moving on from my relationships um true self-care is creating a life that you don't have to escape from well the thing the thing about this is like i feel like self-care is so big today i feel like everyone's always talking about it offices are literally going into like make sure you're taking care of yourself which don't get me wrong I, I think it's great that self-care is getting into mainstream media and it's being talked about more and it's being prioritized well I don't think it's being prioritized I think they're using it to like check a box but that's a different case in point um, I totally agree to be honest yeah I, like but and that's exactly where the idea of true self-care versus self-care with I sort of picture it with like a bunch of floozies, whatever. I don't know what, floozies is not a real thing, Priyanka. Okay, whatever. With just a bunch of fluffy little bits around it because there's like self-care as in the media and self-care in, in our own lives and what we actually um, get done on a daily basis, what makes sense. Because um, I feel like oftentimes in the media, they are talking about self-care being like, oh, you take a nice bubble bath and you relax for a whole day. And it's like, okay. Honest to God, if I were to do that every time I felt crap about something, I would get nothing done and that would just stress me out more and that would just lead to an endless hole of me getting nothing done and being more stressed out, more stressed out, more stressed out and eventually stressed out, stressed, there we go, stressed out and eventually I would just end up with a whole bunch of gray hair because I grave when I'm stressed um, and eating cookies from the cookie jar exclusively with no vegetables, which would make my body feel trash. And you'll see where this is going. It's it's not a good place. It's not a happy place. We don't want to send Priyanka there. Let's not send Priyanka there. <laughs> I don't think we should send anyone there. And I feel like Agreed. it's also the idea of self-care, how it's portrayed in the media, is this super commercialized version of self-care. Like, if you buy this nice smelling thing, then you will relax and then you will be happy. If you buy this candle, you will then feel relaxed and then you'll be happy and I have just realized that I am a sucker for all of this marketing because I love candles <laughs> and I love candles and I love baths and oh dear <laughs> uh, I am... no and and you know they, they do their job well they um 
they they marketed it really well and listen let's let's be um because i know i i'm starting to realize we might be coming across a little bit like we're saying that those things don't work not true we are not saying that they don't work we are only putting forth that they are not the only way and at times they're probably more of a deterrent to your feeling better than they are helpful and that's kind of where this whole idea of creating a life that you don't have to escape from comes from because i feel like and this is the really interesting part a lot of those things talk about your real life as something you don't like talk about your work as something you don't want to be doing talk about all of these things as if you don't have a choice as if you don't have a choice in what you have to, in what you want to do and what you want to spend your life doing when i was in freshman year i had the chance to take a comp sci class and i did and i was miserable and the reason i was miserable wasn't because i wasn't getting my homework done in the class i was actually doing pretty well but i spent all of my time doing something that to me the payoff didn't seem to work contrast that for me for example with my father who for him his happiness lies when he like makes a piece of code work and that to him is fulfillment and for me it just wasn't and so i dropped the class despite the fact that it was doing really well cuz it just didn't make sense to me i was like why am i going to put myself through the sadness so that was even though it was a hard thing to do and then i ended up studying the arts and sticking with the arts um in terms of being stressful okay sorry being in the arts is definitely infinitely more stressful than being in comp sci because if y'all in comp sci y'all have a job waiting for you like it is just true yeah well, although time. sometimes i think that actually we in the arts are way better set for the long term because i feel like automation is going to take over all of the coding jobs and then comp sci people won't have jobs and i feel like creativity like like intense like artistic mm-hmm. creativity not to say comp sci isn't creative because it is but i think it can <laughs> be more easily replicated by automation i feel like the arts is going to be like the last sphere that computers can't replace so like i feel like we have one up on them <laughs> <laughs> but um our obvious lack of bitterness aside um <laughs> but no but my point was that even though having taken the arts means that I'm struggling a little bit more to actually find solid ground and and it's taking me maybe a little bit longer to figure out where I'm sort of what my next step is going to be I would still argue that I would take that make that decision every single day for the rest like if I ever had to make that chance again make that choice again because the truth was that I was like point blank unhappy doing comp sci and that for example was a choice that that was self care that where i was creating a life that i didn't want to walk away from at every point and perhaps in and you know that's the thing is like and also remembering that you know things can change and maybe 10 years in the future i'll want to learn coding and i'll pick up and learn coding and it's fine but the point is that the constant idea i think of needing to run away from your life and needing to walk away from your life is super dangerous because it's just not true you don't have to live a life that you're unhappy in Yeah, and I think that it teaches people that wanting a life that you enjoy is asking for too much. And honestly, I feel like that's kind of how like capitalism gets you. <laughs> not to sound like a massive conspiracy theorist, but like you know what, it's not a conspiracy theory. Like it's just a fact. <laughs> Um, but I feel like it's one of the ways that capitalism sustains itself. Like people like for capitalism to work. Sorry as I just like indulge in my old sociologist Marxist <laughs> brain for a second. <laughs> but for capitalism to work, you need to transform people into workers. And to transform people into workers, you need to fundamentally separate them from their humanity. Like that is what you need to do for capitalism to be efficient and effective. 
And our contemporary society, I think, is really good at doing that. Like, we are, like, companies are so good, organizations are so good at separating people from their basic humanity, making sure that people live to work rather than work to live. And I think that that's a huge, huge problem. And I think, but I think it becomes sustainable when you give people these like band-aid solutions to be like, well, if you do this, then you can work more. If you take care of yourself at home, then you can work more. And I feel like that's my issue with the really like commercialized version of self-care because it's not, if you do this, then you will feel better and then you will have the energy to do the work that it takes to look after yourself in the long term. It's not that. It's not like, because I think that's true. When you're feeling really rubbish, especially like for a long, prolonged period of time, like sometimes you do, you need like a bubble bath and a good book and you need to like have a relaxing evening. And like, that's what you have to do. And then like, when you are more relaxed, you can then you have the brain space and the energy and the mental clarity to work on what it is actually that is causing these emotions or causing this response to these emotions. And you can't figure out that more long-term stuff without doing the short-term things sometimes because your brain is too cluttered or you're too stressed or you don't have the energy to do it. But I feel like this idea that like, if you take one like if you take the weekend off then you'll be able to do even better at work like if you allow yourself to be a human for two days you can be a better worker for the other five days I feel like that's the message sorry I'm getting really passionate about this now (laughs) (laughs) I'm just remembering why I love sociology passion passion makes the world go round (laughs) I think and I I, like super agree and I I don't know if y'all remember this slash if you're tuning in again from episode one where um when I introduced myself the first thing I said was I did this and I studied that and this is what I work and this is what defines my life and Maddie very gently reminded me to talk about my human self well not to say that my work is separate from my human self again but you know what but that's exactly it just you're programmed we are programmed on a daily basis to separate those two things um and then to define ourselves solely by our productivity in society which Mm -hmm is important i i absolutely listen i am absolutely for yes you have to be a productive member of society you should absolutely give back to the communities you've gained from and give pay it forward as well pay it forward to communities that could use your help that you can and are able to help in that you can actually help and not hinder all that good stuff however however i am not defined by my work i'm not even defined by all the relationships in my life i am me and i will exist as a person whether other people exist or not it's as simple as that and my humanity exists and so like it does not matter whether i am doing this thing and i studied that thing and and so fun fun thing was like one of the things i tried doing for myself in the last year of college because this mentality was really something that i built in college more so than anything else was whenever i'd meet someone I think especially in colleges, we fall into this trap of what we call a resume talk very easily of like, here are all the six things that gave my life meaning um, slash make me feel like I'm doing things correctly, which the pressure in college is unreal and totally, totally feel that. But one thing I would do is like when I met someone new and they were like, we were walking around or having our first conversation, I would 
say, hey, so something I've noticed that I do a lot is I do resume talk all the time. So would you mind if I asked you questions that potentially might come across as personal? And if you don't want to answer them, you super don't have to. But most people were always super intrigued and curious and wanted to know because they did want to talk about something different. They did want to have a different conversation because no one wants to keep defining themselves by the work you do or and or therefore the work you have to escape from to tie this back to like what why this came up in the first place because i was thinking about this when when maddie when you were talking about oh if you take the weekend off you'll be a better worker for five days some days i've actually worked weekends and not worked during the week and felt better about it some days i've worked seven eight days a week and none of it's eight did i just say eight (laughs) days a week (laughs) well you know that would be impressive (laughs) (laughs) fantastic i've worked seven days a week and and i know that I've enjoyed every minute of it. My parents are actually big believers in the idea that if you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life. Now, there obviously that sentence isn't wholly positive, but it's also not wholly negative. Like there's a lot of good in it and there's some things that I maybe don't always agree with in that. And so we'll do that on a different day because that is something I think we should we can talk about and we can there's so much to say about it. But um but the fact is true like my parents, like my mom, my my dad massive reader massive history buff spends so much of his time reading finding new articles like combing through twitter my father combs through twitter y'all he does it because it it, for him it isn't work it isn't like sitting down and doing something it sparks his interest it's one of the things that he loves my mom was the same where she would work even on the weekends and it just yeah she was doing work and she she did make sure to call it work because she knew when she like when she would need to take a break and all of that but but she did do it because that's what kind of gave her fulfillment that was something that my parents always my mom said a lot um when my brother and i were growing up they made efforts to create lives they didn't want to run away from they made efforts to create the lives they actually wanted to live and that's another thing right for me self-care has a lot to do with living versus existing bringing yourself to something versus just being actually being there actually again i have this really irritates me when i can't say things like mindful or presence and being present without it without having all those stupid connotations of people who don't understand it or people who want to use it because they want to come across as people who say stuff like that because let's let's let alone the fact that all of these things are eastern concepts that have existed for millennia and now we're coming and saying it in english and therefore it's more reasonable forget that because i will talk about this one day i will rant it y'all you will commiserate with me slash if you don't well you don't and such is life um and we will move forward that day is not today but sometimes self-care is like me sitting down and actually getting work done that is the most important thing i can do for myself there i there used to be oh my god my junior year of college our junior year of college I remember I was really, really panicking about the amount I had to get and then I was freaking out about how much I had to do. And I realized that the best thing for me to do in that moment was, and I actually did this, this lasted about a week because after that it started stressing me, what I was doing started stressing me out, I needed to find a new solution. Um, And I found a more sustainable one. But I remember quite clearly that that week that I was super anxious, every time I started worrying about whatever work I had to do, I stopped literally whatever I was doing and I just started doing that work. It didn't matter if I was watching TV, it didn't matter if I was like in the middle of a shower, which usually my showers are like my me time, they're what relax me, like having, and I take slightly longer showers and I know it's a problem and, but it's like, it's like one of the few things that like, I'm trying to be better about taking shorter showers, but it also is one of those things that sometimes just gives me Mm -hmm. some amount of like 
peace and clarity because I love the water. I'd be in the middle of a shower. Sometimes I'd literally be in the middle of a conversation with someone and I would unfortunate like I would draw the conversation to an end a little bit quicker or if it was someone like Maddie just explain to them what was going on and just say hey you know this is how I'm feeling and usually they really they were really understanding or sometimes if the conversation ended the conversation ended and I went back and worked um, but no matter what it was I always just stopped what I was doing and worked because that was the only way I knew how to quiet my mind to just be okay with the fact that like I would get something done and now that wasn't healthy and it's not sustainable in the long run because you can't have something take over your life in that way and so I had to stop eventually, but the point was in that moment, taking care of myself looked like that, looked like prioritizing my work. There are times when taking care of myself then had to stop looking like that and I actually had to leave my computer in a place that I couldn't touch it and go away with not being close to it, not being near it, like not having connection to it. So there's a lot of different ways that this can look like and the more important part is for me that changed in a one week period like the same solution is not there's no like one size fits all there's no like this is always going to look the same for everybody at every point it wouldn't even look the same for the same person at every point yes yes to all of that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think it's so crucial to understand that self-care can take such a huge variety of forms like for me i think being a taurus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm i very driven by the, by pleasure in life, especially like sensory pleasure. Like it's something that I really enjoy. I like baths. I like being around pretty things. <laughs> I like having, in, I like being in an environment that smells nice, that is cozy, all of those things. And so a lot of the time that looks like in terms of the image that looks like the same thing as the very like commercialized version of self-care and so because of that sometimes i have a really hard time like distinguishing between what true sustainable self-care is and what is kind of a band-aid solution that isn't actually dealing with the cause of anything because i'm like oh well i like candles and fairy lights and i want to have them and i want things to look nice and all of that and I do want those things but I think it requires a lot of kind of like brutal honesty with yourself to question okay is this going to give me greater mental clarity is this going to actually address any of the problems that are leading to my current mental state is this going to have a long-lasting impact or is this going to have a short-lasting but important impact because I do think that the short-term and the long-term things go hand in hand and you do need to find a balance of both and like Priyanka said like that balance is going to change constantly so for example I have definitely had periods in my life where my self-care has become has bordered on being simply self-indulgent because I wasn't able to separate the idea of what self-care should look like from what it actually from what actually would have been most helpful to me in that moment and so I think for me one constant theme is that I think regardless of what form self-care takes I think it always requires honesty and always requires a level of introspection to figure out what it is that will actually like nourish your soul in a specific moment instead of simply being a yeah surface level 
solution. In terms of what that looks like for me, I am definitely the type of person who needs to get their feelings down on paper. I cannot deal with my thoughts in my head. I feel like when my thoughts are in my head they are completely jumbled up and I can't make sense of them and it's only through the process of either speaking to someone I'm really close to or through writing that I can make sense of any of my thoughts. And so for me oftentimes the first stage in real self-care in terms of understanding where I am and what is causing that is journaling. And I know that that's not for everyone and I know that there's also many different types of journaling and that doesn't always look like doing, you know, a dear diary entry um, or talking about things like that and that's okay. Like find what works for you. There is no need to do what you feel like you should be doing just because other people are doing that. But for me that's really really useful but what I always have to remind myself is that I can't stop there. I can't think that just because I've journaled about this and I feel like I understand the situation better, that doesn't mean that I'm done. Oftentimes that has to be paired with looking towards the future. And something about me is that I'm not a particularly goal-oriented person, I'm very much process-oriented. And so for a long time I tried to set myself goals as a form of self-care because so many people say like, you can't get anything done unless you have a really, really concrete goal with really tangible, easily defined steps. And while I'm sure that's true for some people, that is not true for me. That is not how I can motivate myself. That is not how I end up feeling fulfilled. And in terms of creating a life you don't want to escape from, I always want to escape from goals. It's not that I don't have <laughs> dreams. It's not that I don't have things that I want to do. It's just that I know that I care more about the process of getting there than what the specific thing is because the specific thing is just a moment but the process is actually what helps you to learn and as a five I care deeply about learning <laughs> about everything <laughs> um, I feel like that was such Whereas... a tangent that I've kind of forgotten what I was talking about a bit <laughs> but I think my point was that you don't need to set yourself a goal of for example I know that I do a lot better in all aspects of my life when I'm getting enough sleep. That is like a cornerstone of habits for me. If I'm not getting enough sleep, it makes every other aspect of my life a little bit more strange, a little bit more difficult, everything else takes a little bit more energy. However, having a goal of, Madeline, you need to get eight hours of sleep every night. That doesn't work for me because then as soon as I have one night where I don't get eight hours of sleep, one night where I stay up too late, or where like maybe I wake up really late and then I feel really groggy, like I have a very all nothing mindset and it isn't, it isn't helpful to me. However, trying to implement a process by which I try to understand, okay, how are my energy levels? How am I feeling today? How am I feeling this evening? What is it that I need to do to make myself sleepy so that I can get a good night's sleep tonight? It's a very different set of questions and for me being such a process oriented person works a lot better but again that might not work for you that's super different for everyone and I feel like it's only really through like trial and improvement that you can figure that out. I think I don't I obviously I agree with most of what Maddie said it's it's amusing because I am a very goal oriented person but even for me I actually find it very stressful to have this is this is the end goal and here's the seven steps I'm going to take to get there like that doesn't work for me like the minute I start pre-deciding how I'm going to get somewhere I don't get there at all 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm actually a big believer in the idea that you often meet your destiny and the path you choose to take of, to avoid it or vice versa. The path you choose to take might avoid you meeting the destiny you wish to, the goal you wish to achieve. So mm-hmm. I think I'm much more of someone who's like, I know broadly what a goal, a goal I'm working towards is. And then I actually work really hard to not attach any visuals or labels or things to what that looks like and i just kind of let myself get there and get wherever there is whatever that looks like whenever i do um because i'm constantly working on things because that's the sort of person i am um but i do need goals absolutely however um that was that was just a quick that's just funny because that's one way that maddie and i are actually quite different it's good because in learning to be more balanced i've been able to learn from maddie in learning how to be more process oriented because that is something that's helped getting to a place where i wanted to get Anyway, but what I was actually going to say was, um, this is a theme that is super common with our conversations and with our podcasts and has come up and will likely come up, well, I say likely, is absolutely going to come up again. I think the most important thing through this process is compassion with yourself. Um, I think one of the biggest things in in self-care is true self-compassion. For me, that doesn't mean you tell yourself, oh, hon, you had a bad day and you're being really indulgent, so it's fine. But it can look like that. It doesn't have to look like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes being compassionate towards yourself means giving yourself a little kick in the butt, you know, because you were being like for me, what that can look like is like the way Maddie was talking about how sometimes um, she has a tough time going between. Um, you were saying you have a tough time going between like figuring out when your self-care is bordering on indulgent. And for you, that looks like stuff with like candles and sweet smelling scented things, not sweet smelling, but like scented things that you like and all that good stuff for me that looks like oh I'm really not feeling great so I'm gonna watch this episode of this tv show that like makes my mind numb and I need that for about 20 minutes 40 minutes maybe even an hour and then suddenly it'll be eight hours later and I'll have spent the whole time doing that and that makes me feel like trash so to catch myself when I don't want to do that anymore is is what that looks like for me but when I catch myself like to know whether that was just a day I was feeling really, really trash and that's why I couldn't catch myself. And so to be understanding of that and say, hey, I know you didn't catch it. Just make sure you catch it next time. Or if it's a day where I actively chose to do something despite knowing that it would make me feel worse and then calling myself out on it. Because really, that honesty only can come from yourself. No one like if I if you were to ask me, hey, why were you doing this? I could lie to you and you would not know any better. Like you'd have no idea why I did it or not. And likely you'll believe what I say because why would you think any differently? But I would know what if what I was saying was true or not. And that ultimately is like the cornerstone of this is like compassion and honesty are what have to drive this, I think. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and just going back to one of the things you said about like how having those times where you'll spend a whole day like binge watching some TV show and it leaves you feeling really bad. I think that that's one of the ways that you can figure out whether your form of self-care is... I guess working or not is how does it leave you feeling because something that I've noticed is yeah I do the same thing sometimes I'll like spend way too long watching Netflix or whatever or like watching YouTube videos and sometimes like I'll spend some time doing that and I'll then like suddenly have an urge to go do something and I'll go do that thing I'll be like oh okay that was the right thing for me to do and then other times I will feel so awful and all I want to do is climb into bed and go to sleep and like wait for it to be a new day so I can start over and then that tells me like okay that probably wasn't the way to take care of yourself in that moment and now you can learn from that and I feel like that's like another part where that self-compassion can come in like 
instead of being like oh my god you're so terrible for not doing this right like why did you do something you know it's gonna hurt you instead of all of that really like damaging negative self-talk just being like okay it happened I guess it's kind of the improv thing of like yes and you know being like yes this happened and now we're gonna do this instead of getting Mm -hmm. caught up in yeah just beating yourself up for something and I guess that's why it's also really important to pay attention to your emotions about things I mean paying attention to your emotions is always important feel your feelings people it's it's vital feelings are a good thing they're they're great they just (laughs) want to be felt (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing a little plushy toy just being like all I want to do is be felt and it's like oh god Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see I think your feelings just want you to like you know give them a little hug don't keep telling them to go away okay now I seriously want to like I seriously want to make some like comical illustration about this now I feel like that would be so adorable (laughs) or is that basically the plot of Inside Out (laughs) oh my god no but make the illustration we'll put it on our Instagram they can look at it and like it oh wait that would be cute I mean not not I don't mean heart it like it I mean just like if you like it it. whatever you yeah So basically, feeling your feelings is really important because your feelings are basically the feedback that your body and your mind is giving you. And if you don't listen to that, then you can't take it on board and you can't figure out what to do next time. Yeah, absolutely. Also, fun thing about feelings. Maddie and I, um, we were <laughs> we were outside of our podcast lives just being our friend, friendy selves. Um, and, uh, and we came to this idea where like I've actually I had a bit of um, a rough evening well not rough evening but just like a rough couple days and so I wasn't feeling super great today and Maddie being the love of my life obviously figured that out on looking at me but um you know this is like my small 10 second (laughs) this is my small 10 second love letter to Maddie as I give um in all fairness I give her one on like a semi-daily basis but um um but no but essentially like she was really good about just giving me the space to feel what I was feeling. And as we were recording our episode, I had like a bit of a slip up and like kind of just couldn't speak, couldn't do anything, was like half a second away from like losing it and bursting into tears. I'm fine. I promise. But um, not this one. It was a previous episode. But um, but what happened was Maddie just like the thing is, the good part is we can edit. Right. So Maddie was just like, take a breath, take a second. And you'll be fine. And the reason this thing was important outside of like, hey, it's important to like just be honest and stuff was, um, you know, in that moment, self-care for me looked like just putting my emotions aside, acknowledging them, letting them run parallel with what we were doing and doing what we were going to do anyway. Because and I and what I'm grateful for is like had Maddie not done what she did of like just doing that, I would not have been able to catch that had we stopped recording or sort of given allowance for my not feeling great, I would have actually felt worse, right? And that, again, is something like your emotions absolutely should be felt and all of that, but they shouldn't, they don't have to take over everything. They don't have to dictate everything. There's mm-hmm. a big difference between something being acknowledged and felt and um, even understood to whatever extent you can. And, and just like, taking over your whole life and doing everything I remember one time I was feeling really really deeply sad and I couldn't figure out why I was feeling so sad I just was um and I remember and this 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 lasted for about 48 hours because I remember watching it this one time um 
But the whole time, I was like, I know I'm feeling sad. I'm just going to continue to go about my day. I'm just going to do all the things. If it means I do it a bit more slowly, if it means I cry a little bit while I go about my day, that's fine. That's okay. But for 48 hours, I just went, went through the motions. And my living meant living a little bit in that sadness and also like trying to get things done because it was more effort than it would be if I wasn't feeling sad. And then I was meeting with a friend that evening. And so I went out and I was just waiting for her to turn up. And... Um, and suddenly, out of nowhere, the emotions just kind of finished because they ran their course. The sadness ran its course because everything pauses. Whatever it was that was making me feel sad just kind of went because it wasn't making me feel sad anymore. And it was gone and it was done. And that, again, that for me, like in that moment, that was what I had to do. I, I spent some bit of time trying to figure out what was making me sad. I couldn't figure it out. So then I let it go because I don't have to understand everything that happens. Important for self-care as well. You don't have to... Sorry, Maddie. You don't have to understand everything that happens. It's okay to just accept that something happened and it is what it is. And you can move forward with that in knowing that maybe you're dealing with the symptoms and not the root cause, but it takes a minute to figure out root cause. You don't have to know that right off the bat. A little bit of patience is always really important. Yeah, that is also so important. And I think this is also a good time to like make a distinction between emotions and mental health because I feel like those two things require like totally different approaches a lot of the time and I think that um taking an approach that we would use for dealing with emotions and then applying it to mental health can or vice versa cannot really have the results that we're looking for um and so I think that like Yeah, I I just, I think that that's an important distinction to make, um, especially in terms of the, like, what you can do as an individual and, like, waiting for things to pass. I think if you, if something is so much more persistent that it is not able to pass, it is not able to let go of in some way, like, that requires a different approach. And, of course, we both really encourage you, if you are ever dealing with something like that, to find an approach for that specific kind of thing that fits that. So that, just to clarify things, that isn't what we're talking about now. You don't want to, like, imply that you can fix mental health issues by just, like, waiting for a day to run its course. Um, Absolutely. I think that's something that we both, like, care really deeply about um but in terms of nuance is super important yeah Yeah. exactly but in terms of like emotions um i think that yeah learning to sit with your emotions is such a valuable skill super important Mm -hmm. also super hard absolutely and i think that's what's super interesting to me is um just thinking through this episode and what we've talked about in terms of creating a life that we don't want to escape from What's so interesting is neither of us have talked about here is X thing. I mean, yeah, we've talked about things that we do, but none of the things we've talked about cultivating have been, oh, here is this one one dimensional thing we can do of like, oh, lighting a candle. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not about because that's just it. Like, I think true self-care when it comes down to it isn't about what it looks like. It isn't about the candle. It isn't about the music. It isn't about the Netflix show. Um, It isn't about staying up all night watching Lucifer and Tom Ellis's very beautiful self do things. Um, And not to say that those things aren't great. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but but the point is that what we've been focusing more on is like things like honesty, things like compassion, things like patience. That I think is where self care really comes from. Is how are you actually taking care of yourself on a daily basis? How are you actually taking care of yourself? Because really, like, where? So if you're if you're lighting your candle, if you're Netflix watching, it's coming from a place of being patient with yourself. Because you're in a place where you're so overwhelmed by emotions that you cannot do anything, go for it. Absolutely. I caught myself about to swear there. <laughs> ha ha. Um, <laughs> but but if it's coming from a place of, I know I'm gonna feel ver- worse and I want to feel worse, so I'm gonna do this. Then if you can stop yourself from doing that, that's probably a good idea because it's probably not gonna be super helpful. However, if you slip up. You slip up and that's okay. Now, at this point, I would like to take this moment to say, I fail at this every once in a while. I failed at this last night. I'll fail at this likely again in the future. We're not coming from this as like pretend experts or anything. We're not out here saying that we got this down. Someone who comes up to me, I gotta be honest with you. If you come up to me and tell me you've mastered ideas of loving yourself, of self-care, of having the best life you can possibly live, I'm gonna be a little skeptical. I'm sorry, I just am because truly, that is not some, first of all, those ideas can, are not stagnant. They're dynamic and static, static, same difference. Um, they're dynamic, but also like you figured that out already. Please tell me your secrets because dear God, that would make my life easier. But that's the thing. It's like, these are works in progress. And I think it, it is important that we like make sure that we're communicating that because I know sometimes I can definitely come across like I've understood everything there is to understand. And that's super, super not what I'm trying to imply here. Exactly, exactly. Just to put it out there, two days ago, I watched the entire, the entirety of the Netflix series Dead to Me in one day. It's not even like I started it like early in the day. No, just stayed up super late watching a TV show. Felt awful. Felt awful. It was a mistake. I think we could all agree (laughs) on that. I don't even think that I liked the TV show that much. Like, it wasn't worth it. It was really not worth it. But you know what? It happened. I'm moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm deciding that there are TV shows that are more worth my time and also other things that are not TV shows that are even more worth my time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and yeah. And also, I... And also, the day after that, like, I felt really bad about it. Like, I wasn't able to do the thing of being like, oh, well, it's okay, I'm learning, and this and that and that. Like, I definitely had a lot of feelings come up that were like, Madeline, like, you really messed up on this. You shouldn't have done that. You wasted a whole day. And those thoughts are hard to deal with. And we, I feel like we all have them, or we all have some variation of them, and that's okay. Right before we started this episode, I was we, Maddie and I were just catching up a little bit and I was being a bit harsh and Maddie was like, hey, do you want to maybe practice just accepting where you are and maybe not trying to change everything as soon as you want to change it? Because it might be helpful for you to just practice being OK with where you're at. We need that reminder. And it's that's the other part is it's OK to need someone to give you that reminder every once in a while. We can't we're not out here living these lives by ourselves. You need each other. and That's OK. Yes so much yes i agree wholeheartedly and on that note yeah this has been wrap up (laughs) yeah this has been a bit of a long episode 
So I hope that you're able to get something useful from it. I hope that maybe it helped you to think about different forms of self-care or think about self-care in a slightly different way. And we'd love to hear what you do to take care of yourself and what does creating a life that you don't want to escape from mean to you? And maybe how do you balance your immediate self-care with your long-term self-care? Or you had a new thought that you think could like spark a cool thought process for us. We'd love to hear anything and everything. So yeah, let us know on our Instagram. You'll see the link in our show notes. That's it from us. Much love. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Imperfection in Training. We'll check in again next week, same time, same place. Until next time.